Dennis Stewart. Hello. And you are known as a medical herbalist uh, in your uh, industry. Do we call it an industry? Well, I think we'd call it a profession, Jane. I think we'd call it a profession. <laughs> okay, Dennis, in your That's profession. That's a bit elitist, isn't it? <laughs> Anyway, we call you a medical herbalist, yes, but yes. you practice Western herbalism, yes. so as opposed to yes. Eastern herbalism. Yes, yes. So, uh, what is Western herbalism? That's the question. Well, I think the short answer to that is that Western herbalism is modern, scientifically based herbalism, and uh, that separates it from a lot of other systems which are very much still based purely on tradition. To NURFM, 16 past 12, Health Naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. And we're talking about medical herbalism Mm. at the moment, Dennis, Mm. and Western herbalism at that. Now, you want to explain a little bit more about that? Look, I think it's worthwhile talking a little bit about this because there are so many uh, different systems of what we call traditional medicine. There is Chinese traditional medicine, there's Ayurvedic traditional medicine and Western herbal medicine, as I said in my preface to the program, is different in as much that it has succumbed, if you want to use that term, to the modern scientific age in that a lot of the traditional basis of Western herbalism, and when we talk about Western herbalism, we're talking about that system of herbalism that came from the Greeks, travelled all the way through the centuries in Europe, and then was remarkably blended with the uh, system of herbal medicine in the Americas. Uh, There's a very interesting story about that, but Western herbalism these days is a blend of European old world uh, use of herbs and the new world, particularly the North American use of herbs. And what has happened in recent times is that system, uh, that eclectic system, which has been known as Western herbalism, hitherto based very much on experience and tradition, has succumbed or has yielded its benefits, its uh, its claims to modern science. So that when someone like myself these days prescribes uh, medicinal herbs in the treating of those diseases which are applicable to, to be treated with, with herbalism, it is done very much on the basis of how this herb works, what is the chemistry of this herb, uh, how can we expect it to alter the patient's condition, does this herb and its chemistry conflict with anything that the patient has been prescribed from the doctor? And so the practice of Western medical herbalism today, and when I say medical herbalism, it's important to realise that there are various interpretations of herbalism. The person, for instance, arguably who collects herbs or grows herbs or makes products from a herb uh, can be called a herbalist if you like. But a medical herbalist is someone who uses uh, herbs in a medical or a therapeutic way. And so when I prescribe uh, for those conditions which are applicable, now that's the point, Jane. I think listeners have heard me long enough to know that I see what I do as meeting requirements that um, are able to be met by this system. It is not a system which in any way at all Uh, conflicts or makes claims to be superior to or better to uh, than the mainstream. What we do in Western herbalism today is look predominantly at those conditions that are chronic, lifestyle-based, and many conditions that have not yielded well to the Western medical protocol. And in that niche, if you like, uh, we can often achieve 
very significant benefits. There is no conflict uh, between the two systems. Each complement each other, and it's important for listeners to know that Western herbalism today has a literature base uh, spearheaded by the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia, which was a landmark chain in, in changing the, the whole acceptance of Western herbalism. Beautiful uh, British document that was compiled uh, uh, by a blend of medical practitioners, pharmacologists, pharmacists, and well-known medical herbalists in the UK. Now, that book, which sits on all my practice desks and from which I've lectured for too many years, uh, changed the whole concept of what herbalism was about. It was no longer, if you like, just based on folklore. There was a tradition that said, if you use this herb, it is likely to achieve these benefits. We know that it can achieve these benefits because for so many hundreds of years it's achieved these benefits, but, but... Today we know that that herb that has this ability contains what are called active principles which when they work in the body achieve a particular benefit, whether that's supporting the immune system, whether it's addressing the skin, whether it's addressing gut diseases. So Western herbalism today uh, taught, we actually taught Western uh, herbalism on the Arimba campus of the University of Newcastle um, a number of years ago, I was the uh, conjoint associate professor and was honoured to steer that course through to its completion. So that indicates the way in which Western herbalism has come a long way and how it has become more accepted. And if it is practised properly, as it is in Australia, and ethically and governed by association regulations, it's a very important component of modern Western health care. Western herbalism, drawing on its tradition but very much also these days being supported and sustained by a modern scientific interpretation. Mm. And this is Health Naturally on 2NURFM. Dennis Stewart, we've been talking about Western herbalism, yes, medical herbalism, yes. um, and what you've said makes me think that perhaps it's more a complementary style of medicine mm. rather than an alternative style Absolutely. of medicine. Absolutely, and I think this needs to be emphasised, Jane, and you've, you've touched on it well. Um, I don't believe that what I do is alternative medicine. I see it as complementary medicine. Uh, my view is there is no one system of medicine that has all the answers. And in my opinion, to, for any system of medicine to claim to be an alternative to the mainstream is going too far and, in my, in my opinion, is confusing. What people like acupuncturists, chiropractors, herbalists, naturopaths, nutritionists, what we all do, in my opinion, is complement the mainstream. Where would we be without modern Western medicine? It would be absurd to think that there was an alternative to it. But as I've said on numerous occasions, it hasn't got all the answers. And this is where complementary therapists with their skills can provide a very significant uh, component of health care. And Western herbalism needs to be seen as a, a complementary system of medicine. Mm. So the fact that so much of, of the medicines, the herbalism, mm. herbalists' tools, I mm. suppose, mm. Are, um, are Western and probably American. You're talking about yep. North America there. Yep. Um, well, before we get on to that line, though, maybe mm -hmm. we will go to the phones. Remember, yes. 49216216 yes. is the number for your question to come through to Dennis today. And Gay has rung in from Pocolbin. It's all about hair loss, Gay. Hello, yes. Gay. Yes. Yes, Hello. I'm there. Hello, yes. Gay. Hello, Dennis. 
How can um, we help you? Um, I've been down the track of trying to solve my hair loss problem. Yes, and yes. I've um, I've been on the Black Noise Celloids and yes. the Eclipta Alba, yes. and I've tried the Regain, yes. and nothing seems to work. And I, my brother, pointed out to me that it might be my hormone levels. Okay, look with all with every um, condition of, of hair loss, the first thing I suggest is that people have a medical investigation to see what's happening to their chemistry. Um, for instance, the thyroid can have a uh, contribution uh, to hair loss. And if yes, that, I've if, done that. If that, okay. The other thing is there is an argument to say that diminishing levels of our hormones, male and female, or the changing balance of them uh, can be associated with, with hair loss. High levels of androgens, for instance, uh, may be behind some situations yes. of hair loss so mm -hmm. i think that there's a basis for that uh, have you uh, discussed that possibility with your gp gay no not yet i only um thought well my my brother had very low um testosterone yes and his was a three yes and um he said he saw an article about um you know women and the mm -hmm. um and so I, I i did a little bit of research and uh and I felt that it was um, something that I, the track I should start going down because nothing seems to be working. How long have you had the problem for, Gay? It's nearly two years now, two. Yeah. And is it is it a massive hair loss or are you just noticing diminishing mm. levels? No, I have very little around my, um, my face line and now I feel that there's a baldness at the back. Okay. Look, I, I, w I would pursue... Uh, further investigation. Uh, we've got some good GPs up there, as you know, um, uh, very close to where you are. I'd pursue that line of investigation. Uh, having said that, how long were you on the Blackmore celloids? I was on 12 months. Okay. And yeah. then I went on another course of it. Okay. And, um, and then when that didn't work, um, I went on to regain. Okay. But, uh, and you, and you, yeah. used, you used Eclipta Alba? Yes, I have. And how yeah. long have you used that for, Gay? For the same 12 months okay. and then for the next level as well, okay. yes. I'll just explain to listeners here what we're talking about. Um, I have for years uh, recommended uh, the use of minerals, particularly the Blackmore's celloid range, a select number of minerals for hair loss, and have seen some good results. And certainly in the last 10 to 15 years, I've also recommended uh, an Ayurvedic remedy uh, called Eclipta Alba, which is the primary remedy that's used in South Asia to address uh, the problem that Gay has. The other thing that I would say, however, is I'm also, uh, I've also seen some useful results with people who have supplemented uh, with an amino acid called tyrosine. And um, if you haven't appended tyrosine uh, to your treatment, I suggest you go to the health food store. It's an amino acid, so it's a precursor to a protein, so it's not really a drug. It's easily accessed. It's very safe, and you can Google up and see that some trichologists uh, recommend the use of tyrosine for this condition. And I must admit, uh, the most outstanding reversal of hair loss that I've ever seen, uh, and it happened in my rooms probably 10 to 15 years ago, uh, on a lady from uh, around this region who was completely alopecic um, on a base on a treatment of the celloids over a year, Eclipta Alba over a year, but also 
using tyrosine saw in one year that lady completely retrieve um, her condition. Now, I'm not saying that happens in every case. I wish it, wish it did. Uh, what I mean, hair loss is, is something that's not easy to treat. But if you haven't tried tyrosine, uh, get hold of some and start to use that in the interlude. I'd pursue your own um, intuition here. Get a, get a little bit of investigation done just to find out what's happening with your body chemistry or your hormones. Health Naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. And uh, as well as talking about medical herbalism, Western herbalism today, we're also taking your calls, 49216216. That's the number that Glenn rang in on from Millfield. And Mil- uh, Glenn, your question's myelofibrosis, is that correct? Hello. That's true. Hello. Yes. Hello, Glenn. Oh, hello, Dennis. Um, thanks for talking with me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I appreciate your program very much. I've listened to it several times. My wife and I uh, are going through a, well, traumatic period, if yes. you like, with you were fully aware yes. and fully imagined. It's a serious condition. The, it is. Mm. It is, yes. And um, we, so I suppose we're just... I'm a bit stressed at the moment, so you have to bear with me a bit. Yes, yes, of course. Um, yeah, my wife has just been, well, she was diagnosed with thrombocytemia many, yes, five years yeah. ago. And yeah. she, she, that has just turned into what is now, um, have been, uh, diagnosed yesterday as myelofibrosis. Yes. Uh, and they immediately put her on to, um, um, oh God, I can't even think straight, sorry. Um, I heard your last call and I just had to ring you. Um, chemotherapy. Yes. And she's taken her first tablet. Yes. And anyway, it's affected her mm. almost immediately. Um, I'm sure it's doing what it's supposed to do and, mm-hmm. and um, deteriorate the cancer cells. Mm. But however, and it's also giving her uh, side effects that she's feeling tired straight mm. away and she's, she's not... Uh, I mean, she, she's obviously upset because she's just been dealt a whole of heavy blow for the rest mm. of her life, how long that... That may be, I don't know, but uh, she, she's obviously very tired as well. And uh, we read the, the instructions. I did say, um, you know, that um, it, it can affect you in many ways, common common symptoms. Mm. Um, and so there may be more symptoms appear yet too, but uh, I'm, I'm really begging you to tell me. <laughs> because she's the most... <laughs> And look, I understand. She's the most beautiful person in the world. I understand. Glenn, look, <laughs> and look, she needs as much help as she is. So anything yeah. that's complimentary, yes. that you, mm-hmm. you, you did deal with complimentary medicine. Yes, yes. This is something you... Glenn, what I would say... What I would you could say, suggest mm-hmm. like that towards mm-hmm. helping her. I understand. Glenn, what I would say is this. It's not uncommon when a patient goes on to uh, chemotherapy for them to have initial reactions... And very frequently, those reactions can be accommodated to. In other words, there is initial feeling of being perhaps a little unwell. But my experience helping people with conditions such as this is that many of them do adjust and that are able to handle the chemotherapy uh, a little bit more confidently and acceptably as time goes. And I don't say that just to, how can you call it, palliate your situation. I say it as a result of seeing many people who come to see me 
uh, who are having chemotherapy and who have gone through various traumas and who ask questions like, is there anything that complementary medicine can do? So the first thing is I'd ask you to convey to your dear wife the fact that many of these symptoms that she's initially experiencing will give way to an adjustment. And particularly if you discuss uh, this with your oncologist, I'm sure that what I've said will work its way out. Now, having said that, having said that, I'm going to put myself out on a limb here and say this, and I'm not going to elaborate on it. I don't need to. But when I think of your wife's condition, I think of a patient of mine who was still a patient, even though my 40-year practice in Gosford closed about two years ago. This gentleman is still a patient of mine, a delightful Italian man, who had the same, the same diagnosis as your dear wife. He was under very, very competent uh, medical managers, and he still is. But he did use complementary medicine. That gentleman is still alive. He's healthy. He goes back and forwards to Italy to see his relatives. Uh, he's a man of faith. What I would say is this. I don't want to elaborate more, but if you felt that you wanted to talk to me about this condition uh, and how I was able to, in some ways, help this chap, by the way, with his medical manager's approval, come and have a yarn with me in my rooms at Cessnock, and I'll discuss it a little bit further with you. I'm, I'm, I don't want to elaborate on it because people out there will draw conclusions that I don't want them to draw, and I don't want my medical college to think that I'm a quack claiming to cure this. All I can say is that I believe complementary medicine may be able to help. And if you wanted to come and have a talk, I'd be happy to elaborate on it with you. Yes, thank you very much. Well, I'll, I'll do that. I mean, we'll book yeah. in to come and see you at the set uh, and, and, uh, and, yes. How long did the, the man, the, the nice man you just mentioned, yeah. um, since his diagnosis of myelofibrosis, Look, the Italian I, man, I, 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 I haven't got his card in front of me, and I, uh, I know his name well, but I don't want to mention it. But put it this way. It's quite a few years. Great. Okay. Mm. Thank you very much for your call, Glenn. And uh, yes, let's hope mm. all things work out for the best. Mm. Uh, 49216216 is the number for your call. Karen is ringing in now from Beresfield. Now, you've got skin tags. Is it you, Karen? Yes. Yeah. Hello, Karen. Hi, hi Dennis. Uh, are you diabetic? No, no, okay, I've, had okay. them for, I've had them for many years, okay. I'm 58, Yes. and uh, I've tried everything, well not everything, but I've, I've sent away to America for some of that stuff that they advertised, you know, the um, to get rid of them, the warty stuff, that didn't mm. work, and I've also been putting um, apple cider vinegar on them for 12 months, they haven't worked, I'm just wondering okay. what I'm thinking uh, or how I can get have rid you, of them. Uh, have you talked uh, about it with your GP, perhaps for, uh, from the use of... Surgery. Well, his suggestion was just to burn them off, but there's too many to burn off. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, look, always uh, uh, with a starting base with these sort of things, one thinks of the herb Thuja. I'll spell it for you. Yes, please. T-H-U-J-A. Right? Peter? P-H? T-H? Tom. Yeah, T-H-U-J-A. It's a fairly accessible herb, and as a topical application, that means as a cream or an ointment, yep. it's frequently used to address things such as warts, yep. less so tags, but mm. in as much that it's not a dangerous substance, uh -huh. it has a good reputation, it's inexpensive, 
and readily available, I, I would uh, I would give it a try. Um, Where would you get that from, Peter? Oh, look, it, it's um, it's so so frequent, uh, it's so available. I think that uh, try your local pharmacy first. Um, if they haven't got it, a good health food store, something like uh, well, if you come down to Newcastle Vitology mm-hmm. at um, Westfield or Waters Bay, is likely to have it. Give that a go first. If it doesn't work, you haven't spent an, a lot of money. Put it that way. Anything other, if that doesn't work, I have tried a number of things, but nothing seems to work with it. Anything well, else? Well, here? Tr- tr- try, try this first and give me yeah. a chance to, to do a bit of research on it for you, Karen. So, see how you go with this first. Sure. And how often? Just a couple well, of look, a couple of times a day. It's, it's, okay. it's, not, it's not a nasty substance. And it you might... burn them off or just, what does it? Uh, I think the idea is it's a little bit corrosive, mm. but um, it's, it's not something that's likely to create burns or anything like that obviously with any topical application if there's any irritation it means it's probably not meant for you does but, it mean uh, i'm lacking in something then no, i don't think so just i don't just think so look the these sorts of things are part and parcel of being a human being yeah. um uh, they can be a bit embarrassing at times but look um you have to ask yourself is it really worthwhile pursuing it yeah. uh, even with something like thuya or um, is it worthwhile just getting on with your life and saying that they're part and parcel of me? How long should I, you know, should I notice a bit of a difference? Oh, with look, that? I'd give it a, a, a run for a couple of months. And look, it may have no benefit at all, Karen, but it is worthwhile, in my opinion, giving it a go. I just, yeah, I thought I might have been lacking in something, or, you know, something was wrong with my blood or something. I'm seeing uh, look, look, I would doubt it very much. Well, I mean, I think we have to be cautious that we don't read into everything. Uh, a diagnosis that requires us to think that we're lacking in something or needing something. Sometimes it's just part and parcel of what we've brought with us, our build, um, that all those sorts of things. But my interpretation increasingly, as now I'm an old man, is that um, there's no simple way of interpreting uh, things that happen to us. They gen- tend to be multifactorial. And uh, I'd suggest to try the Thuya, but th- look, at the end of the day, ask yourself, is it worthwhile being taken up with it? <laughs> Thanks for your call, Karen, and all the best with that. Um, yeah, and I don't know about this old man bit, Dennis. <laughs> well, uh, um, <coughs> yes. well I, I, you don't I, need to defend I, your people statement. People say I've got to stop saying that, but, you know, <laughs> put it this way, the, the spring of youth has long since vanished from my brow. Isn't age just a state of the mind? <laughs> ah, Jane, if only. <laughs> if only, okay. <laughs> this is Health Naturally on 2NURFM with Dennis Stewart, and we do it for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre, and we're taking your calls. We want you to feel good about whatever it is that's troubling you at the moment. 49216216. And Bev from Toronto, your problem is paralysed bowel, is that right? Yes, it has been. Um, I went through very uh, strenuous uh, treatment for four weeks up in rehab here mm-hmm. in Toronto. Yes. Um, and uh, eventually they gave me an injection to try to reactivate the peristaltic motions again. Yes, yes. Um, I had six x-rays which showed uh, some blockage on the right side and the left. Yes. Um, but the treatment was um, very severe. Like, I had two coloxals three times a day. Yes. I had uh, two packets of Movicol yes. three times a day. Yes. And then I had um, 
I have two other tablets to soften and keep my bowel going. Yes. And also the fleet enemas. Yes. Um, with the fleet drinks. Yes. And another larger enema. Okay. And that was over, or oh, over three week period. Yes. Which debilitated me. I yes. was nauseated. I couldn't eat. Yes. I'd lost 11 kilograms yes. in weight. Um, and now they sent me home after a month and said they can't do anything else for me. Mm. And they recommended I see a gastrologist. But the mm. local doctor said, no, I think you need dietary uh, help. Mm. And so a good friend of mine um, has been getting organic chicken and veggies mm. and making me soft like soup. Mm. And um, I've also, she also makes the kefir. Mm. I'm based on goat's milk, mm. and I've been having that three times a day. Mm. And then I've got the uh, Thompson's liver flex, mm. and I take um, the French green um, clay. I take that um, in the morning. Mm. Or, yes, I mix it up. It stands for 24 hours, mm. um, and then you... You stir it and then you drink it, and that's to detoxify, I believe. Well, you just, I'll just come in here and say that I don't want to be negative in any way, Bev, but I think you might be taking too many things, right. and many of those I would question as to whether or not they would seriously influence your bowel functioning. I, I would think you'd need to be a little bit cautious about clay because clay can function as an adsorbent and may, in fact, tend to work against what you're trying to do. Uh, that would be my opinion on that. Very quickly, what I would say is this. Um, you need a bracket of remedies that are known as stimulant cathartics. And they're an old uh, brand or an old bracket of remedies which are still capable of being su uh, supplied. And they would... What was that again? Stimulant cathartics. That's their definition. But the old-fashioned remedies are the ones that I think... Uh, you would need to uh, go on to, and you should run them past your doctor. A compounding pharmacist, or even my own dispensary, could put them together for you in liquid form, but they would be comprised of herbs such as Cascara Sagrada. Now, that's a, a, an old-fashioned remedy, which yeah. is classically thought of for this condition, I, in, I would think. Cascara Sagrada, also a, a, a medical preparation, believe it or not, of the herb rhubarb, and also a medical preparation of a particular part of aloes. They're the three major representative herbs that are, form the category of what's called stimulant cathartics. They can be, they need to be cautiously prescribed because they can be a little bit too violent, but in liquid form they are very, very easily dosed and they're usually accompanied by a herb such as licorice, which works brilliantly with it, and also a herb such as dandelion, which improves the secretory activity of the liver and gallbladder. Now, I've helped people for many, many years with conditions such as this. Run that past your GP. I'm sure he or she would understand what I'm trying to say. I think, regardless of what you're doing with all those other things, unless you go down this pathway of at least discussing with your medical managers the use of this old bracket of remedies, particularly in a liquid form, accompanied by licorice in particular at a sub-clinical, sub-therapeutic dose. Unless you go down that pathway, I don't think there's much that's available to you, but that pathway that I've mentioned is usually so successful, so successful, 
that when I have patients uh, that have to go in for a procedure, they will ring me up in distress and say, look, um, uh, I've been told that I can't take this medicine into hospital with me, but yet it's the only thing that helps me. Nine times out of ten, a letter from me to the appropriate authorities sees patients who have similar conditions to you um, allowed to use it in order to maintain a bowel functioning that had hitherto almost seized up. So in my opinion, you can be helped, not with taking all these things that you seem to be taking, uh, many of which are okay as far as nutrients, but whether they have any impact on the condition, I would doubt it. The other thing is, and this is frequently overlooked, and I'll, I'll stop at this point, um, the use, the medical use of olive oil, now not castor oil, I'm not talking about castor oil, the medical use of olive oil, take it in doses of, say, 30 to 60 mils a day, can sometimes have a remarkable effect on improving bowel functioning, and it works via the liver and the gallbladder. The gastrointestinal contents become a little bit more liquid and free-flowing. Olive oil is olive oil. It's more of a food. Mention that also to your medical managers, and that in conjunction with the bracket of remedies that I've mentioned to you is very fr frequently the breakthrough that many of my patients have experienced over the years. You try that. Thanks, Bev, very much for your call. Well, just before we go to Rodney's uh call. Um, I'll just tell you about the weather for our sponsor, the Hunter Motor Group Maitland for new Honda, Subaru, Volkswagen and Isuzu. It's going to be mostly sunny today and at the moment it's 28 degrees at Spears Point. Health Naturally and Dennis Stewart taking your calls. Hello, Rodney. Hello, Joan. Hello, Dennis. How are I'm, you? I'm well, Rodney. How are you? Uh, very well for your, for your uh, um, how I put medications, actually. I rang you uh, about 18 months ago when I was having, I've been diagnosed as a diabetic, I'm on insulin. Yes. And I was having all sorts of trouble with my psoriasis. Yes. It cleared up. Yes. Um, terribly. Yes. Unfortunately, I, I'm in the field every day wearing a black shirt. Yes. And <laughs> it was a little bit hard to sort of handle there for a while, but um, that you, I went to your New Lambton store and the ladies there organised some cream for me and I can honestly tell you that in the last 18 months, Within three to four months, mm. it had pretty much cleared it up. Yes. That's, it was just a, a mm. wonderful thing. That's, the, uh, that's what's called the GA compound cream. Uh, it's okay. A, it's a little gem that um, I discovered and have worked with. It's, uh, GA stands for glycorrhizin or glycorotinic acid, which is an extract of the herb licorice, believe it or not. And the GA, oh. and the GA compound uh, also has in it a small amount of, of pine tar, and that in conjunction with the the GA makes it an undiscovered gem for addressing psoriasis topically. So I'm not surprised that you got a good result. Uh, the science is there to explain why you got a good result. Um, it's just unfortunate that it's not better known, um, but um, your experience has been the experience of many people who all over Australia right to my warehouse and my practice asking for the GA compound which they depend on to keep their psoriasis, a nasty skin condition, at bay. So well done, Rodney. Yes, that's fantastic mm. news and, and great to hear it from you. Mm. Thank you today. Nicholas has rung in from Edgeworth. We're getting towards the end of our program. Mm. I think this mm. might be our last mm. call. Mm. Now, um, your daughter who is in a wheelchair has severe constipation, Nicholas, mm. yes? Uh, yeah, that's right. So I just 
want to ask uh, mm. Dennis, she's in a wheelchair most of yes. the time, she doesn't walk. Yes. What is the best natural stuff we can use for her? How, how old is your daughter, Nicholas? Uh, she's uh, 23, but okay. she's really constipated. Okay. This happens, Percy, uh, all the time. Okay. Look, I mentioned earlier uh, to, uh, to, to a listener uh, the, uh, the, the oh, use of her. Nicholas? Can yes. you turn your or take your phone away from the radio? Is that possible? No, radio's off. Oh, okay. Okay. I mentioned to a listener a few moments ago uh, my approach to chronic constipation, where everything else has failed, to use a liquid medication based on the herb cascara, predominantly, supported by licorice and dandelion. And that preparation has helped many of my patients deal with exactly this situation. Now, I don't know what yeah. your daughter might be otherwise taking, so I have to be cautious in, in yeah. recommending that. What I would say is you should run it past your GP. I'm well yeah. known in the town. Um, that preparation, in my opinion, if used properly and dosed correctly, can give your daughter a degree of confidence in knowing that her bowel will function regularly. And uh, I relate to your daughter's situation. Severe yeah. constipation is a trauma that, um, that people live in fear of. This preparation yep. that I've mentioned does the trick, but I, okay. would pref- I would prefer it if you mentioned it to your GP prior to coming and seeing me and getting hold of yep. it from my rooms in 39 Alma Road. Okay. Do they stock the same uh, stuff there at Warners Bay? At the... <clears throat> what, what could happen is um, the, the Warners Bay people, you could, retru- you could pick it up from there, but... It's a medical preparation, so uh, a proper herbal medicine dispensary, such as yep. I have at Alma Road, uh, yep. would would be required to yep. prescribe it and to do it properly. With a preparation like this, A, it needs to work, B, it needs to be used uh, properly, and it needs to be monitored. So it would be better if you tracked in to New Lambton and, uh, and got the preparation from the dispensary. And that's great. Thank you very yeah. much, Dennis. I think we started we're a bit about... slow talking about American herbs there. Yeah, we'll, we did. We'll, we'll have to go we'll, back we'll to We'll go back to time. that. I think <laughs> listeners were interested in what I was saying. It sounds good. And Health Naturally will be along next uh, Friday after the midday news with Dennis Stewart on 2NURFM. News is next in two minutes at one o'clock. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.